Welcome. My name is David Ewan from the Resurrection Center, and this is Bible 101. In this segment, we're going to be talking about 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and Ezra. So let's talk about um, 1 Kings. The kingdom of Israel has a time of peace and prosperity under King Solomon, but afterwards splits and the two lines of kings turn away from God. In 2 Kings, we find out that both kingdoms ignore God and his prophets until they both fall captive to the other world empires. In 1 Chronicles, this is a brief history of Israel from Adam to David, culminating with David commissioning the temple of God in Jerusalem. And in 2 Chronicles, David's son Solomon builds the temple, but after centuries of rejecting God, the Babylonians take the southern Israelites captive and destroy the temple. Uh, Ezra, uh, in the book of Ezra, uh, the Israelites rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, and a scribe named Ezra teaches the people to once again obey God's laws. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So let me go to the first one. Um, I'm going to talk about first and second of Kings together. So let me first tell you what the historical setting says. The two books of Kings recorded the activities of the people of God moving from the days of Solomon, which was about 971 to 931 BC, to the division of the kingdom under, um, under a different leadership, uh, Rehoboam. And then through the history of the twin kingdoms to the occasion of the respective defeats and exiles. The northern border uh, kingdom falling in 722 BC and the southern kingdom uh, much at a much different time. It was in 586 BC. Um, so this is at a time, although we call it first and second of kings, it's about the time that kingdoms fall. Uh, because people are going away from uh, the teachings of God. So the first two chapters of First of Kings completes the story of David. Uh, it, and it had begun in the preceding books of Samuel uh, and till the accession of his son Solomon. First it was David, then his son Solomon. Uh, the reign of Solomon is treated in First of Kings, uh, followed by the reigns of kings of Judah and Israel from the beginning of the divided monarchy. And, you know, that was about 930 BC until the fall of the kingdom Israel, of Israel, I should say, in 721 BC. The second book, second of King, tells of the reigns of kings of the surviving southern kingdom of Judah until its eventual collapse around 586 BC. So that's the time frame. So the first, the, the books, I should say, of first and second of kings were written to show what happens when God is forgotten. That's an oops. It's a my bad kind of thing. Because David had a heart for the Lord, his son Solomon was able to lead Israel into a glorious season. His reign was marked by wealth, prosperity, and wisdom. But as he allowed his heart to be influenced by ungodly people, he started disobeying the word of the Lord. As a king, he should have read and meditated in God's word. He got off track and greatly compromised the kingdom. This led to the downfall of the entire nation. So that's uh, what we see there. 
uh, first and second of Kings exposes the depths to which mankind in a relationship with God can fall. King Solomon was a man blessed by the, the Lord, yet he allowed compromise to ruin him. Yeah, it happened. Most of the kings after him failed to serve God with all their heart and consequently brought down the nation. That was a bad thing. And as we read, we find out that when we forget God, we feel like God forgets us. He doesn't, but through actions teaches us the lessons of consequences. So that's what we really learn uh, from uh, the book of Kings, is consequences. Um, First of Kings records the division of the kingdom. Second of King records the collapse of the kingdom. That's part of the reason why it was separated. Considered together, they open with King David and the close with the king of Babylon. They are the book of man's rule of God's kingdom. Okay, The throne on earth must be in tune with the throne in heaven if blessings come and benefits accrue to the people. Yet, man's plan cannot overthrow God's purposes. Thousands of years later, mankind is still trying to figure this out. That's why God gave us the Bible to remind us yet again. So the purpose of First and Second of Kings is a continuation of the narrative that begun in the First and Second of Samuel. We talked about that. So actually, First and Second of Samuel with First and Second of Kings can be viewed as one book. Okay, in these four books, the history of the nation is traced from the time of its greatest extent, influence, and prosperity under King David and King Solomon to the division and finally the captivity and exile of both kingdoms. The moral of the teachings in these books is to show man his inability to rule himself in the world. In these four historical books, we have the rise and fall of the kingdom of Israel. During church service, we learn from a pastor to watch out. In the Bible, we will learn what happens if we don't watch out. So Israel is seen as the focal point of God's dealing with various nations of mankind. Israel's spiritual disobedience would repeatedly expose them to political threats at the hands of these nations until the northern kingdom of Israel would fall under the weight of the mighty war machine of the Neo-Assyrian Empire, and the remaining southern kingdom of Judah would come to an end at the hands of the Chaldeans. Uh, the books of First and Second Kings are the story of Israel's decline, whereas First and Second of Samuel document Israel's shift from corrupt judges to the righteous leadership of David. King shows how Israel divides and falls into the hands of her enemies. First Kings was written to record history, but more importantly, it to teach the lessons of history. That's how it was written. Uh, that's what I meant by we learn about consequences. Both books of Kings, that means first and second of Kings, traces the histories of two sets of kings and two nations of disobedient people, Israel and Judah, both of whom were growing indifferent to God's law and his prophets and were headed for captivity. Although the historical trustworthiness of kings has been demonstrated repeatedly, one must not read these two books simply as history. The two books are, above all, a telling of God's spiritual dealings with his indecisive people. That's what we're supposed to learn from these books. It narrates how the people of God manage their God-given responsibilities before a sovereign 
and gracious God. It stands as a record of God's reward for obedience and faithfulness and for his judgment of disobedience. Yes, there is a judgment for disobedience. The nations divided into two, ten tribes in the north and the capital of Samaria and two tribes in the south centered around Jerusalem. Two lines of kings, two capitals, two agendas, and political divisions that symbolized the spiritual division in its heart. Because of this, the people grew double-minded, living luxuriously in their wealth, following after idols instead of acknowledging the God who gave them everything. By the end of Second of Kings, both Israel and Judah had been taken into captivity into other lands. That's consequences. These books, First and Second of Kings, shows history picking up where Second of Samuel left off. Israel is united under the godly King David, who appoints his son Solomon to rule after him. Solomon is blessed with wisdom and charged with building a majestic temple to the Lord in Jerusalem. God tells Solomon to remember him and follow his father David's example. Unfortunately, Solomon is unfaithful to God in his later years. Yep, and God divides the kingdom after his death. The northern ten tribes follow Solomon's former warrior and taskmaster, uh, Jeroboam. And the tribes of Judah and Benjamin remain loyal to the throne of David. The rest of these books document the way these kings lead God's people to worship. Each king is remembered according to whether or not they lead Israel to worship God in Jerusalem or worship idols elsewhere. Uh, the book of Kings shows us how faithful God is to his people. We see the full spectrum of God's dealings with Israel, from extreme blessing under Solomon to utter desolation and captivity later on. These blessings and curses were all promised to Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. We studied that already. Those kings who reigned under God's authority, who remained faithful to the law, experienced God's blessings. But those kings who deviated from the law experienced curses. Neither the northern kingdom, which is Israel, nor the southern kingdom, which is Judah, keep the law of Moses and worship God at Jerusalem, and therefore both are taken captive by enemy nations. Israel is taken by Assyria. That's found in Second of Kings, chapter 7, verse 6 through 23. And Judah falls to Babylon. That's seen in Second of Kings, chapter 25, verse 1 through 26, which is just what God promised would happen if they dis disobeyed his law. We learned that already when we covered Deuteronomy. That's in Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 36 through 37. So let me give you a basic outline. This is the outline of how First and Second of Kings work. So First of Kings is uh, God establishes Solomon's reign over Israel. God then establishes his temple in Jerusalem. Solomon turns from God and Israel divides. Ooh, ooh. Jeroboam leads the northern kingdom away from God. Northern kings struggle for control. God judges King Ahab and Elijah the prophet. Then we go to second of kings. So God judges Ahab's family with Elijah, Jehu, and uh, Hazael. 
More kings of the north and south rule Israel and Judah. Israel falls to Assyria. Judah reforms under Hezekiah. Manasseh provokes God, dooms Judah. Judah reforms under Hosea. Uh, Judah falls to Babylon. So that's all I wanted to say about first and second of kings. You, you kind of get the idea that people kind of forgot about God. The nation splits. And then when it splits, the individual parts fall apart as well. Um, so now let's go to our second part. We will now talk about first and second of Chronicles. So again, we're now going to talk about first and second of Chronicles. So let's imagine, what if you had the job of communicating your nation's entire history, its rulers, wars, religious events, economic cycles, starting with the beginning of mankind? Well, first and second of Chronicles is that history for Israel. It's the story of Israel's kings and God's faithfulness to his promises. It's a long story, and many Bible readers find it boring, but it's not. But see, uh, Chronicles uh, starts off with a list of names. So I get that. Uh, but these are names that we, we should study. Um, but let me talk about some other things. The, the book of Chronicles focuses on two important themes. Uh, one, God's covenant with David in the temple. As you read First and Second of Chronicles, you'll see that the temple of God is the main location of interest. David plans it. Solomon builds it. Uh, kings are crowned in it. Prophets are killed in it. And the law is rediscovered in it. The temple is the center stage in the drama of Chronicles. So um, getting beyond learning all of the names, it really has a great teaching. First and second of Chronicles is an executive summary of God's covenant with David and how things played out afterwards. The books tell this story in four major acts. Uh, number one, from Adam to David. The first nine chapters cover all the time that takes place from Genesis uh, 2 to 1 Samuel 15, uh, mostly via long genealogies. Those are the names. They trace David's ancestry along with the other major families in the 12 tribes of Israel. The second one is David's reign. David is a good king who followed God, united the tribes of Israel, and delivered the nation from her enemies. God makes an everlasting covenant with David. His son Solomon's throne will be established forever. Uh, David draws up plans to make a great temple for the Lord. Before he dies, he charges Solomon and the people with building the temple and being faithful to the Lord. The third, Solomon's reign. When Solomon becomes king, he asks God for wisdom instead of riches, long life, or the death of his adversaries. God is pleased with his request and grants him wisdom, plus extravagant riches and power. Solomon builds the temple of God in Jerusalem, a majestic house for God's name. Israel flourishes under Solomon's rule, uh, becoming the most prominent n nation in uh, their region of the world. Okay, the fourth, from Jerusalem to Babylon, the kingdom splits under Solomon, uh, dies, after Solomon dies. Ten tribes rebel and form a new kingdom to the north, while the tribes of Judah and Benjamin remain loyal to David's royal line. This act gives us the highlights of each king's reign. The kings that follow do not serve the Lord the way David did. However, they neglect 
They neglect God's temple. They ignore God's law. They persecute God's prophet and they seek out new gods. A few good kings bring out, bring about revival, but eventually God uh, disciplines his people for forsaking him, which is exactly what David warned would happen long ago. The Babylonians sack Jerusalem, raise the temple, and carry the children of Israel into captivity for 70 years. Afterwards, the Persian king Cyrus decrees that the temple be rebuilt. Okay, so here are the leading themes. The first one, the Messiah is coming. This is the great hope of Israel. People sin, leaders fall, no king has been able to lead perfectly. Rather, most have done a horrible job. God promises the Messiah would come through David's line uh, and rule perfectly. He will be the son of God. Um, so these are some of uh, the other themes. Uh, uh, that's part of that. Uh, seek the Lord wholeheartedly. That's uh, the first one. Uh, the book repeatedly references the value of seeking the Lord. For the kings are people that do, they are promised to find him, to have success and rest and to be strengthened by him. They chose to rule on their own, apart from God's guidance and trust in him. Consequently, uh, they paid a steep price. On the other hand, those who set their heart and mind to seek the Lord were answered and blessed by him. Um, the next one, God's give victory. There are battles in the Chronicles, massive battles. In each case, when the leader was facing innumerable odds and certain defeat, as long as he cried out to the Lord, God gave him the victory. On the other hand, on the other hand, when a leader tried to fight apart from God, from calling on God, or even allying with a foreign country for help, the consequences were severe. We got to see that. Okay. Um, and the next one, Obeying the word of the Lord brings blessings. God speaks in the book of Chronicles. When the message of a prophet is taken to heart, good things happen. Consequently, when it is rejected, difficulties or even death is a result, as in the case of King Saul. Okay. The other theme was the construction of the temple. David was not called by God to build the temple, but he did make lavish preparations for Solomon, his son, to build it. God shows divine approval by filling the temple with his glory at the dedication ceremony and tell Solomon that he has chosen and consecrated it and that his heart will be there at all times. So a quick review. For uh, for the first and second chronicles, they cover all of Hebrew, Hebrew history from the creation of man uh, to the Hebrews' uh, return from exile. Okay, the content in chronicle also reflects Moses' predictions in Deuteronomy. For example, anointing of a righteous king, establishment of a temple where God's name dwells, prosperity when Israel obeys God under David and Solomon, exile when Israel disobeys God, and the restoration to the promised land. Okay, so here's a basic outline of First and Second of Chronicles. Um, from First Chronicles chapter 1 through 9, that's from uh, Adam to David. Uh, from first of Chronicles, uh, chap, uh, from 10 through 29, David rules and unites Israel. Then in second of Chronicles, second of Chronicles, uh, chapter one through nine, Solomon builds the temple. And then in second of Chronicles, we go from 
Jerusalem to Babylon. That's Second of Chronicles from chapter 10 through 36. So that's basically First and Second of Chronicles. That's all I wanted to say about First and Second of Chronicles. So we're done talking about First and Second of Kings. We talked about that. We're done talking about First and Second of Chronicles. Now we go to the next book. Uh, Ezra is the next book that we're going to talk about. But before I do that, let's talk about what we've learned so far. From Genesis to Deuteronomy, God calls out Israel as a special nation and teaches them his laws. Uh, then from Joshua to Second of Chronicles, God gives Israel a land, a king, but Israel loses both when they consistently disobey God. And then from Ezra to Esther, beyond, God restores Israel from exile in their own land again. So that's what we're starting off with Ezra. So after 70 years in exile, the people of Israel were coming back home. The new Persian emperor, uh, emperor uh, Cyrus, ha had decreed that they return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple of their god, which had lain in ruins the whole time. So this is in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. So that's uh, how the book starts. Uh, but the temple wasn't the only thing that needed attention. Many of the returning Hebrews had forgotten God's laws and were disregarding them in front of the people. They needed to remember the covenant they made with God. They needed to remember why they were they were in the situation that they were in and why they had to go to Babylon, uh, which you could read about in Kings and Chronicles, and why they'd been allowed to come back. The temple needed a new foundation, but the people needed to return to the foundations of their faith too. Ezra, the scribe, answers the call to teach Israel the ways of God again. And that's uh, that's later in the book. The basic theme is found in Ezra 9.9. 9. For we are slaves, yet in our bondage our God has not forsaken us, but has extended loving kindness to us in the sight of Persia to give us rev reviving, to raise up the house of our God, to restore its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And that's in Ezra 9.9. Okay, so Ezra and Nehemiah, that's the next book in the Bible, were originally considered two parts of one book. Ezra focuses on rebuilding the temple. Nehemiah focuses on rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. Both form the story of how God reestablishes Israel in the land he promised to her. So the book of Ezra also references other biblical prophets, namely Hege, Zechariah, uh, whose mentions has stirred up the people to finish building the temple. Um, Ezra calls attention to Israel's covenant history with the Lord. God had made promises to Israel through Moses. The first one, if the people obeyed him, they would enjoy good land and prosperity. The second one, if the people disobeyed him, they would face punishment and exile. And that's exactly what we saw in Kings and Chronicles. So the people disobeyed God, and God kept his promise. However, God had made another promise. He would gather Israel back to her to her land after he had punished her. The book of Ezra shows us how God kept that promise. And that promise was originally read about when we were talking about Deuteronomy, um, chapter 30, verse 3. Uh, so here's the summary. Here's the summary. This is what we've talked about today. We've covered five books. We talked about 1st of Kings, 2nd of Kings, 1st of Chronicles, 2nd of Chronicles, Chronicles in Ezra. 
So in First of Kings, uh, this is when the kingdom of Israel has a time of peace and prosperity under King Solomon, but afterwards splits and the two lines of kings tur- uh, turn away from God. Later, in Second of Kings, both kingdoms ignore God and his prophets until they both fall captive to other world empires. Then we went to First of Chronicles. So this is a brief history from Israel, from Adam to David, culminating with David's commissioning the temple of God in Jerusalem. And after that, in Second of Chronicles, David's son Solomon builds the temple. But after centuries of rejecting God, the Babylonians take the southern Israelites captive and destroy the, the temple. Um, Ezra, uh, in the book of Ezra, the Israelites rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, and his scribe named Ezra teaches the people to once again obey God's laws. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. That covers five books. My name is David Ewan, and this is The Resurrection Center.